Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode, this month's episode of the Watch Before You Die podcast. I'm here with Ben. I'm here with Brian. I'm Justin. Um, yeah, we we recently just watched the JFK movie. Uh, probably not the one you think, because I actually didn't know that this was uh, like an acted movie. I always thought it was the documentary. I think, in, in fact, I thought that when we had first selected the movie. But anyway, um, so it's been a while. Hey, we're back. Uh, but also, uh, where where do we start? We start with how we feel about the movie, right? And then we go into the ratings no. last. Didn't, oh, we, yeah. didn't we change that? Yes. Yeah, we did. Been a while. Um. So so who wants who wants to go? For, who's got the strongest feelings towards this movie? I don't feel super strongly. Um. We all know what I'm going to jump into first. It was a long one, guys. That was a long yes, movie. Sir. Uh, we had varying reports of three hours to three and a half hours, uh, depending on whether or not you watch the extended cut. Um, it's a long one. Uh, it's too long yep. for me. That is a, a big negative in my book. Yeah. Yep. And no, no after the credits scene either. So we can't see who's going to be in the next Avengers movie. Oh, uh, wrong film. Hey. <laughs> wrong film. <laughs> Um, what other thoughts do you have, Brian? <laughs> I, thought, I thought there was a superstar cast. Like, I couldn't believe how many familiar faces are in this movie. Uh, really well acted. Uh, we had another repeat actor. Of all people, it was Sissy Spasic from uh, Carrie. Yeah. Was the wife yep. of the the lawyer. Um, and I thought that was, that's pretty interesting that, like, she has not been in too many movies, to my knowledge. And for her to be our first, like, or second repeat, I guess, in the series... Yeah. Um, was kind of fun. Um, I thought that this movie did a great job of taking historical footage and new footage and blending it pretty seamlessly together to where old new scenes and new old scenes uh, seamlessly played together. I think Oliver Stone did a great job. Um, and the acting was really good other than uh, Joe Pesci's terrible eyebrows. I looked up that dude in real life and I know that he looks similar, but I, I couldn't get over it like, wasn't the hair piece for you? Well, no, the first it's movie the eyebrows. God, it's the those eyebrows. hair pieces were awful though. The the first movie I saw Joe Pesci in because of my age was Home Alone. He was Harry yeah. in Home yeah. Alone. And so seeing Harry run around with this orange wig and terrible eyebrows painted on was just it was too much for me. Um <laughs> it was horrendous. No, honestly, I just I really wish this would have been a shorter movie because I think it does a pretty good job of taking, you know, even to this day, I don't think we 100% know what all went down with the assassination of JFK. Um, and it takes a theory or a, a bundle of theories and does a really good job of presenting them as a full-fledged story. Um, whether or not it's valid or how much of it is true, uh, I, I don't know. But I I thought it was good. I thought it was a good movie. I just think it was so long that like every 15 minutes, every 30 minutes... I was knocking another point off my score just because I'm never going to watch this movie again. Like, I just can't watch yeah. this again. Anyone else? It was a bit of an interesting one for me because I felt like it got better as it went on, but it started so badly for me. Like, I, I don't know, like the voiceover was weird to me. Um, like, I, I was even reflecting on it. Like, I think if you had taken Kevin Cosner's character and made his his voice the voiceover and just kind of made it like him talking about the events 
and then it cuts to him where he's at and then it moves forward. Uh, the voiceover just felt so awkward. It felt like it like we're trying to do a documentary, but we're not doing a documentary, but we're yep. trying still to do a document like I don't know that. And then the combination of like. When the when the actors are first introduced, it feels like they didn't know that they were supposed to be acting. And like that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like the movie got like the actors got the acting got better. The story got better. The the movie. But like starting off, I'm like, I don't know that they know that they are meant to be making a film. It was like just very casual, very like even like Kevin Cosner's accent didn't feel right in the first like 30 minutes or so. It was like uh, he just they just didn't feel real to me. Um, and I think the other thing that like as I watched the movie that was like, I don't know, just kind of was in the back of my mind the whole time is like there this is a fairly controversial film just because there's like a lot of conspiracy mixed in with reality and and but I think I struggled because it's like the movie is written for you to believe that this is what the JFK story is like this is reality this is what happened this is what you know these are the people covering it up. These are the groups that like it, it was it was presented as facts. And and it was tough for me to like really stay engaged because I'm like this. This is a cool movie and really cool theories. But like. It's not potentially real at all. Mm -hmm. So like that's where I struggle, because like Oliver Stone wants you to believe that this film is painting the true reality of what happened to JFK and all those involved with it. And it's like a lot of a lot of historians would tend to disagree with them. And, and we'll never know. I don't think we'll ever know. Right. But like it, it was a bit tough for me to then because I'm like, I want to root for the the lawyer and like I want to uncover the truth. But it's like, I don't think we're uncovering an actual truth here. Mm. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. It's a bit of a strange film. It was absolutely so long. There's so many scenes that you could cut. Out. I mean, I'm thinking of like even the, the the whole section where he goes to jail to visit the the um, Kevin, the other Kevin, ba uh, Kevin Bacon's character. Mm -hmm. And it's like it's just so unnecessary in the grand scheme of the film. Like mm -hmm. there are other characters that point the you know, paint the same picture of this dude who is potentially a, you know, a closeted homosexual man. And he's he's having these raves and stuff. It's like there's other characters that are going to tell that story. Kevin Bacon's character just felt totally unnecessary. Um, and it was like a 30 minute long scene. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just like, again, cut out a few things here and there. And all of a sudden this film is potentially very good. Um, I felt like potentially there was watchable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, potentially rewatchable even like I just don't know how I would tackle this film again. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a point in the movie where it, it felt to me and I, you have to forgive me because this movie was so long. I watched it in three sittings. It was like right. I had to keep stopping and like do something else because I was yeah. falling asleep or I was getting, you know, completely bored. Um, it felt at one point that the lawyer was just he would get like one new piece of information and call that person to his office immediately to question him and do a ser a line of questioning and then yeah. let him go. And like Clay Shaw, like after he gets the the big um, exposition from Kevin Bacon's character, yeah. calls in Clay Shaw, Tommy Lee Jones comes into his office. He asked him, like, 
six questions, basically letting him know, like, I'm on to you. OK, you, you're free to go, though. And I was like, well, that yeah. didn't move the story forward at all. I didn't need to know any of that at all. Like, it's right. It just felt like right. They were belaboring every little point to convince the audience like this is why they called him in. And this is why I was like, you could have done a lot of that a little bit better, in my opinion. And before Justin, sorry, Justin, I'm stealing your thunder. But to add to that point, Brian, like the the portion where it's fully focused on Kevin Costner's wife and the fact that she's like thinking about leaving him and the kids, he's not around for the kids on Easter and all that. And it's like, but then at the end of the film, she's sitting in the crowd, like comforting him. Like, mm -hmm. again, what 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 was the I, I understand the emotional purpose of it, but it doesn't actually fit within the, the storytelling of the movie. It's right. just there. There was no um, personal conflict or anything. Right. Mm -hmm. No, there's nothing there that would go like, oh, I'm so glad they added that in as a little like teaser to mm -hmm. what's coming. So, yeah. All right, Justin, what are your thoughts? I mean, my thought or, my thoughts are, are pretty, pretty relatively simple. Um, if you are interested at all in this story, watch the documentary or any of the 15 dozen documentaries there are on this yeah. whole thing. Go visit the, if you can go visit the, the actual book depository in Dallas. I've been there and I actually has a whole little museum and it, and it's a really yep. interesting thing. Um, this movie to me, um, was tough to get through, and it wasn't because of the timing. I feel like I could get through a good movie for three hours. I feel like I could yeah. survive that. I rewatched the extended editions of The Lord of the Rings. I watched The Godfather. You know, like, long movies aren't bad. Um, this one felt like it was more homework than anything, and, mm. and that's, but it, that's irregardless of, like, we're going to do a podcast on this, so we need to watch it. It felt like homework in the sense of, like, I've got to keep up with all the details or I'm going to miss something that's very, very important to the story. Um, and, and so, so I feel like, I feel like Oliver Stone achieved what he set out to do, which was to tell a sort of an exaggerated, exaggerated story um, attached to this, or like the, the, the search for truth um, in the midst of uh, a lot of unknowns and stuff like that. But I felt like it got muddled up in, um, so I think, I think sort of, I took the, the opposite approach or the opposite opinion of what Brian said about all of the, like the star studded cast that we got. I feel like every time, cause I didn't look at this movie at all beforehand. I knew Kevin mm -hmm. Costner was in it because he was on the cover. Um, I started the movie and literally every time a new character comes on, it's like this ultra superstar. I've watched, uh, you know, more than a dozen of this person's movies. You know, mm -hmm. I, 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 you know, I have this idea of who they are and how they act and, and, and all these different characters and my brain, whether it's ADHD or not, my brain wanted to think about all the movies that I've seen young Gary Oldman in. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, so like for me, every time a new character would come on, I, I would get lost in the saw, uh, lost in, lost in what was going on. And to me, this is not a movie where you can do that. You have mm -hmm. to, you have to pay attention to the story because then I'm like, well, when did Kevin Bacon come into the story? <laughs> right. Because he's talking to this guy about his story and, yeah. and you know, all this kind of stuff, depositions and all this stuff. And I'm like, Hey, yeah, yeah. Um, so to me, it got, it got very, I got very lost in the movie. Um, and it felt like I had to, I, I was almost going to have to start taking notes. Um, a couple of things that uh, I found like my biggest con, uh, was like, uh, the hair pieces and things like that. Um, but one of my horrendous. biggest pros, one of my biggest pros was the accents. I, 
I love these accents. Um, not all of them were perfect, um, but it's that type of like from Texas to like Alabama, those accents range there. Um, I love them. I think they're great. Um, I married my wife because she talked the way she talked. And that's the only reason. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, but but true. But she she is like that Southern Belle with that whole draw and everything in her uh, in her in the way that she talks. And so um, I found it super pleasant. Um, what's his name? John Candy. Um, when he came on in the restaurant, I was like, yes, this is great. I love it. Um, you know, and then and then the other pro was Kevin Costner's eyebrows. But um, <laughs> uh, eyebrow great aside. Um, no, I, I thought it was it was an OK movie. Um, it's not a rewatch for me under any circumstances. Um, and if you're, tr it, my, my recommendation is that if you're trying to get actual information about what's going on is watch a documentary before you try to watch this movie, this movie yeah. is not it. Cause, cause to me, um, the footage that they added in really stretched out the movie. Mm -hmm. And in some cases it was helpful, but in other cases it, it didn't do anything for me. Um, and that, and that might be because this is such a. Uh, a well-known event, the assassination of the American president that, you know, growing up in the nineties, we were still looking at all this, all these videos and stuff through school and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So I was familiar with most of the footage, I guess, probably even from a documentary standpoint, but, um, but yeah, to me, to me, if you want the story, go watch a documentary and there are documentaries about every, you know, Oh, it was the mafia. Oh, it was the CIA. Oh, it was the both of them, or it was this or that or the other thing. Um, and, and to me, this is a movie that you want to watch if you like procedural, like lawyer type stuff. Um, if you like the, so like the boring version of law and order, this is the movie for you. That's, that's the one in a very specific part of the country. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so in, in, yeah, so, so there were probably a lot of unnecessary backstories that seemed a little, um problematic shall we say and it seemed like they were trying to point people in a certain direction and um but you know i certain parts of it i found interesting like all the all of the like i didn't i didn't realize how much they blamed the communists over this whole thing um i don't know why i didn't think that because it was right right in that time frame but um but yeah so so it, it's kind of it's kind of on the lower scale for me um, but, but there were parts of it that I did like. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I do think like, you know, considering none of us, none of the three of us were alive, you know, when these events actually took place and they were such a huge cultural event, uh, this movie, I thought at least for me did a good job of like making me feel like I was part of it. Um, or at least like making it relevant. Like I said, I think they did a good job of like taking new clips and threading it into the existing clips that we've seen, like in school or and like making them look the same and of the of the same era. Um, but I think, yeah, the biggest the biggest problem is it is taking kind of a fictional story, telling it as the truth and really what happened and hanging it all on. Well, they couldn't they couldn't quite pin it on Clay Shaw. And for that reason, like it didn't hold up. But um, as far as I know, I might have I might have made this up, but I feel like I read somewhere that the making of this movie, a lot of people like came against it because it was like so untrue. And some people were like, wow, you know, yeah. it's really good. But it caused certain documents to be released early because like right. they're, they're right. talking in that year oh, wow. 2029, something like that is when the case is set to like turn over. But because of this movie, 
it actually fast tracks yeah. some of the stuff to come to light. And I think most of the documents and films and stuff have been released already. Um, and so that's kind of interesting to think that a movie would have that kind of a, a real world impact. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was so controversial. Legislation released all the documents like 12 years earlier. Right. Just, to, just to be like, listen, this guy's crazy. Don't watch this film, please. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. But, Here's the proof. But it, it is still a work of fiction and it was not my favorite movie that we've watched so far. Right. <laughs> right. So are we ready to so jump into ratings? Ratings. Yeah, I think Justin, I just want to hear Justin's writing because I just don't know where he's at. Like, I, I have an idea of where Brian's at. I don't know where Justin's at on this film. So I kind of really I really tried to say good and bad about it for that reason. Yeah. I can't um, wait for I'm, you to be like perfect. Ten. <laughs> yeah, ten, yeah. ten out of ten would rewatch. Um, no, I'm going to probably go four point five. Fair. OK, Ben. I got it at like a like a five point six. OK, like I just think there's that many worse movies out there and in the grand scheme of it this this had some redeeming quality like mm-hmm. you know it was it had some good stuff i'm gonna shoot it oh, and I, oh go ahead wait before you do that I, I i didn't ever say this i did like the setting i liked the buildings i liked the i thought that was well done it felt like we were in a in a in a time period that could have existed so yeah. anyways brian writing I was going to shoot it right down the middle. There's as many things I like about the movie as I hate for every like good point I can think of. I can think of a bad one. So I'm going to give it a straight five, um, which gives our average score a five. Yeah. Whoa. Pretty good. Nice. Yeah. All right. Our first five. That is our first five. Uh, The only other movies. Where does that put it in comparison to Tree of Life? (laughs) Okay, let's find out. The Tree of Life is hopefully a, i didn't rate tree of life higher a 2.7 overall okay <laughs> wow just want to make sure <laughs> just want to make sure movies in the same ballpark as that one we have carrie at a 5.2 we have citizen four at a 5.3 um yeah. similar similar area so i think that's i think those would be comparable in in general yeah so yeah, yeah absolutely it's working all right All right. right. Well, the way that we end these episodes is we go back to the list of movies. We have 1,226 movies remaining on our list, and we generate a new random number. That number this week is 55. Oh, boy. This is going to be 60s. No, no, no. No, earlier than that. This is like 1920 or 1910 or something. 1920, I was close. 1931. It's called City Lights. City Lights. City Lights. I will pull it up right now for us. It is a movie uh, that is starring Charlie Chaplin, Virginia Sherrill, Al Ernest Garcia, Hank Mann. Uh, It is with the aid of a wealthy, erratic tippler, a dewy eyed tramp who has fallen in love with a sightless flower girl accumulates money to be able to help her medically. That was some words. That just sounded like you went to a, like a AI and just throw me the most random movie description you can get. Holy cow. That was crazy. I I will say though, these Charlie Chaplin movies are very short, aren't they? Yes. So we're getting like, Uh, we're looking at it. It is a drama romance comedy. It's runtime is one hour and 27 minutes. So we're under 90 minutes for this one. All right. And it's rated G. And it can be found supposedly for free on Max um, or Amazon Prime if you have a premium subscription. 
If not, it's about two ninety nine on every platform. So it so, also yeah, looks like that's, it's that's for next. free on the Criterion channel. I've never even heard of that, but hey yeah that sounds that sounds right and you could most likely if i had to guess find this movie like if you have a library card you could probably find this one on a library website because these older films typically get archived into those kind of things so um we hope you enjoy we'll watch along with us this one's a short one so if you want to watch city lights with us please do and we will catch you Maybe in a month, maybe in a week, maybe never. Maybe tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Yep. Big kisses.